Masechet Besad, Daf 24, we begin the third pedic, which is uh, begins uh, talking about trapping an animal. Basically, trapping an animal or fish or birds is all prohibited on Yom Tov. Even, so the first thing you can do is slaughter it. It has to be caught already from beforehand. Uh, why? Why can't you go ahead and also um, catch an animal on Yom Tov? Well, because you could have done it beforehand. It doesn't taste any better uh, if you catch something, if you catch a, uh, a, a, an animal, a deer, whatever it is, on Yom Tov. Uh, so therefore, anything that you could have done before Yom Tov, you should have done before. An analogy would be like to grain and fruit. You cannot reap grain or pluck fruit for off of a tree on Yom Tov either, because those are also things that you could have done before Yom Tov. All these things require a lot of work, and they don't help in the taste. Uh, so therefore, these are all things you should have done before. Uh, when it comes to birds and fish and animals, we're going to have to define precisely what does it mean to catch it? Because at some point, right, it's in your pen or whatever it is, you have to grab hold of it so that you can go ahead and do shechita. So like how many steps away is it considered trapped or, or not? So that's what the Mishnah begins with. Matnitin en sadin dagim min habebarim biyom tov. When it comes to fish, that's the most problematic because they're, you know, even if they're in a pond, they're kind of slippery. You're still going to have to go get a net to catch them. So even if they're in an enclosure called a, called Bebarin, you're not allowed to catch them further. And you also cannot feed them. Feeding them, well, that's part of the process of, you know, baiting them to come. But also because fish uh, rely on their own. They eat little fish, they eat algae. They're not dependent on humans. They're not domesticated in that sense that they're dependent on people. Um, by the way, if you do own uh, fish in a little, in a, in, a, in a small tank, then they are dependent on you. That's different from, that's a different story. Uh, that that they, they are dependent on you so you can feed them. That's different from here where they're, they're in some kind of natural pond, even if it's small. So that's fish, which is stringent. However, animals and birds, um, one can uh, uh, trap them if they're already inside an enclosure. The word bebarin means an enclosure, if it would be a pond for fish, and some kind of physical enclosure for, the, for birds and animals. For birds, well, we'll, we'll see, it has to have some kind of top so they don't fly away. And you can also feed them because... They, they're household, household animals and their food, is, you, they're dependent on you for food. So you can do that. Uh, so there you go. So we're going to discuss these two cases and, what, and um, other opinions. Now, Rabban Shimon ben Gamaliel Omer, lo kol habebarin shavin. says, when you say an enclosure, you can't just put make one enclosure fits all. Every, each one is different. Depends how big it is. Zehakilal. If something is still requires further trapping, in other words, if the enclosure is so big, and yeah, maybe it's all my property, I have a big farm, but now I want to go get that deer, and I have to go set up a set up another trap, use some use some kind of trap to go and get it, even within my enclosure, then it's not really trapped. However, if it's small enough that I can just go ahead and get it easily. Um, without having to run around too much and use traps, then it's considered already trapped. I just it just means a matter of going and and getting it, hold, grabbing onto it, so that we can go ahead and do shechita. It's not clear if Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel is arguing on what came before 
or if he's clarifying what came before. So Gemara will discuss that. It looks like he's actually clarifying it. This is here, Bebarin. This is, well, not, not, not any enclosure, you know, maybe a standard one, uh, but it, it does depend how big it is. All right, that's the Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to bring two other sources that um, send, that are different than, than uh, the Mishnah and try to reconcile all of them all together. Urminhu. So this one is from a Tosefta. Bebarin shel haya veshel ofot en sedin mehen beyom tov ben notnin lefnehen mezonot. This Baraita doesn't talk about fish; only talks about the the animals, the chaya, wild animals and birds. And it says you cannot catch them on Yom Tov, even though they're in an enclosure, in a Bebarin. So this is the opposite. And you're not allowed to give them food. So this is exactly the opposite of our Mishnah. Kasha haya haya, kasha ofot ofot. So our question is both regarding the animals and regarding the birds. The Mishnah said is they both are permitted, and this Tosefta said both are prohibited. So we can answer half the question. We can answer the, 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 the these wild animals. Um, uh, that one is talking about the biuda, and the other, the Mishnah is talking is the opinion of Rabbanan. How so? What are we talking about? Well, here's the source. This is a Mishnah in Shabbat. Now, regarding Shabbat, we have the opposite problem, right? On Yom Tov, we want it to be already trapped so that we can just go and get it. On Shabbat, we're talking about what you're not allowed to do um, if to because you would be violating Shabbat if you trap it. I mean, also on Yom Tov, if you trap it, you'd be violating. So what is considered trapping? Ditnan. Rabbi Yudah hasad sipor migdal usvi labayit hayav. So regarding Shabbat, Buddha says, if someone traps a bird into a closet, okay, that's for birds. We'll get to the birds in a minute, but we're focusing on the animals. So if you trap a deer, goes in, this could happen in, in deal, right? A deer walks into your house and you close the door. By closing the door, now the deer is trapped in your house. So that person does that chayav. So you see that only if it goes into your house, chayav, which is relatively small. Um, however, if it goes, it goes to an enclosure in your, to your yard, then that would be okay. In other words, it's not considered trapped when it's in your yard. So you see the biuda who is actually lenient regarding Shabbat and saying that this is not considered trapping. That's good for a Shabbat violation, but it's actually bad for Yom Tov because it's a chumrah for Yom Tov, because that means that if you have a deer in your, in your yard on, on Yom Tov, you can't go ahead and take it and do shechita because it's not considered trapped. So you see that um, Rabbi Yehuda, who says uh, in this case that um, an animal trapped in enclosure is not, is not exactly, is not uh, yet um, uh, trapped, he would, he would say that you cannot you take it on Yom Tov. So he's machmir on Yom Tov. And that would be, um, and Mekel on Shabbat. So that would be the opinion of the Tosefta here. So the Biuda would be the author of the Tosefta. Whereas Chachamim Omerim, Sipon Migdal, Usbi Lagina Bebarin. Chachamim say that they agree regarding a bird that is only considered trapped when it goes into this closet. Uh, however, for the other animals, uh, well, only if they go into a yard or an enclosure that is considered trapped. So you see that he is machmir regarding Shabbat, saying, oh, you've just, you've put it into, you went into your gate and you closed the gate of your yard, oh, you're chayav uh, chatat for, for Shabbat. That's considered trapping. 
All right, so a chumrah for Shabbat is a kula for Yom Tov, because that means that if you find a deer, a deer was already enclosed in your yard on Yom Tov, that means it's considered already trapped. And therefore, on Yom Tov, you're allowed to go ahead and take it and then go and do shechita. So the chachamim would be the authors of our Mishnah, which permitted the taking of the animals. Okay, so now we're able to resolve those two sources, the Mishnah with the Tosefta, that the Tosefta is Rebiuda, and the Mishnah is Chachamim. Ela, ofot, ofot, kashia. But we still have a problem regarding birds, because you see here that Rebiuda and Chachamim agreed that birds are only considered trapped when they get into a closet. You see, birds are different because they fly around, so you got to get them into a smaller space in order to be considered uh, that th- these are trapped. So now what are we going to do with the birds, where we have also the Mishnah permitted and the Tosefta prohibited. So maybe you'll give an answer and you'll say that once talking about what uh, a, an a, a, uh, enclosure that has a roof on it, and that would be, yes, considered captured. Then that way you can take it on Yom Tov. That would be the Mishnah. And the Tosefta is talking about an enclosure that does not have a roof. So that's not considered trapped if it doesn't have a roof on it. And that's why the Beraita was Mahmir on it. So maybe you'll say that, but that is not going to work because of this Mishnah again. So we're going to just make a comparison between an enclo- a, a roofed enclosure and which is like a house. And now Rabbi and Rabbanan in the Mishnah of Shabbat, they say that it's only considered trapping if you put, if it goes into a closet. But if it goes into a house, right? See, the house is considered trapping for an animal, but not for a bird. So therefore, you cannot give this answer here that we just suggested suggested because both Rabbi Yudha and Rabbanan, and these seem to be all the opinions we have, they both agree that it's only trapping when it goes into a closet. But if it went into a house or roofed enclosure, then that would be um, considered not trapped. So we need another answer. Here it is. Oh, the Mishnah, which is talking, which said that has to be in a closet. That is a different story. That's talking about an unwieldy bird, a free bird, like a sparrow, uh, which does not even calm down, even when it's in a house. Most birds, once they're in a house and there's a roof, then they're going to calm down and they're easy to catch but not this one. So that's why they were machmir. That's why that Mishnah is machmir. The Tanat Debe Rabbi Ishmael, why is it called a Sipor Deror? Deror also means free, right? Like, uh, um, you know, the, uh, uh, when the, the Jubilee year, Ukratem um, Deror. But here they're saying Deror, like Dar, it lives in a house as it does in a field. This kind of bird, it doesn't care if it's in your house, it flies around and is, is feels as free as, as if it were in a field. So therefore, that kind of bird has to be caught in a closet. But a regular kinds of birds can be in some kind of opening. Okay, so now that's okay. All right, well, now that you came gave this answer, Haya, that this, you know, that there are completely different circumstances. Right, since you we just reconciled the Mishnah with the Beraita, saying that the Mishnah is talking about where it has a roof, 
that's also considered a trap. So you can take it. And the Baraitas has no roof. So then you could say the same thing that regarding Chaya, one's talking about a small enclosure and where it's that's considered already trapped. That's the Mishnah. And Tosefta is talking about where it's a large enclosure and it's not. So therefore you have to do more trapping. And so that would solve the problem. And we don't have to use the answer that we had before. Hechidami. Right. So, okay, good. So we can do that. Hechidami gadol. And so what does it mean to be in a small or big enclosure? So um, good. So we're going to use this answer that we can just um, say the Mishnah is talking about the uh, small one and the other one's talking about the big one. But how do you define big and small? So Rav Asher says, anytime you can run after the animal and reach it with one leap, right? You're just going to, you know, uh, um, uh, sneak up behind it. And then one leap, you can get it. And small enough that it can't go anywhere. Then that's considered small. Any bigger than that is considered big. Or if it has a lot of different corners, enclosures, a lot of places where the animals can run, that's difficult to, to get, that's considered big. But if not, it's considered small. Or a third definition, or anytime the walls form a shadow on the other wall. In other words, I guess walls are stand some standard height. And so if they're close enough together that uh, when the sun is on the side, they, it casts a shadow on the next wall, that's considered small, but otherwise it's considered big. So any of these three definitions. And so now we resolved the Mishnah with the Tosefta, with the other Mishnah on Shabbat. And we saw that interesting paradox that a Chumrah for Shabbat, what's considered trapping, is a Kula for Yom Tov because it's already trapped and I can go ahead and use it on Yom Tov. All right, and now the next uh, line in the Mishnah, the bunch of Shavin. He says you can't compare uh, all enclosures. It depends how big. Um, so he says the halacha is in fact like that. It depends how big it is. Abaye challenges Rav Yosef and says, why do you have to say halacha is like him? Usually, if you say halacha is like A, it means it's like A and not like B. So Abaya is saying, well, is, does anyone argue, right? Isn't, isn't Rabbi Shimon ben Gamaliel simply, Rabban Shimon Gamaliel simply explaining, uh, clarifying a point for the first, right? The Tanakh Kama said, um, if it's in an enclosure and Rashpag just says, it depends how big the enclosure is. So he's not arguing. So why do you have to come and say halachas like him? Rav Yosef answers Abayah says, well, what's the difference? Halachas like him, whether someone that agrees with him whether or whether someone disagrees with him, halachas like that either way. So why do you have to know whether there's someone who disagrees, right? I gave you the practical response, the uh, the bottom line. Amale, look, look at this, listen to this line. Amale gemara gemor zimor tateheh. So Abayah answer responded and said, is, uh, is the, uh, the lesson that you're teaching just a song? Like a song, you know, you sing the lyrics, you don't know what they say, you're just singing without without even thinking about the words often. Uh, so should should our learning be the same way? Where you just say halachas like this and you don't uh, look into the meaning of, of uh, what's behind it, of what the other opinions are, right? You're just so practical-minded, you just want to know the bottom line. So he really gives him a zinger there. Um, so you can't just uh, say words that are nonsense that are not that you don't need because you don't need to say halachas like him if there's no one that disagrees. 
Okay, excellent. Now, So the rule is, how do you know if something is trapped or not? If it's big enough, it's considered big or not. If it requires another step uh, that you have to still go ahead and do something to trap it. What does it mean that it still requires trapping? Anyone, anytime someone says, go bring that trap, we have to catch it. So even though it's in some kind of enclosure, you still need to say, bring the trap. That means it's not trapped yet. Abaye challenges this definition because after all, we have geese and chickens, those both kosher animals. And so you can go ahead and get them on Yom Tov and slaughter them. And you hear people say, go bring the trap so that we can catch this uh, chicken. Chickens are running around his yard, but you still need a trap to make it easier to catch it. Um, and yet that we said is patur. If someone, if you trap geese and chickens like this on Shabbat or Yom Tov, patur. So you see that this is not considered trapping, even though you're saying, go ahead and get, get the trap. Another item that's mentioned here is the doves of uh, Herodian doves, right? The Herodian Why they call this? It seems that Herod the Great may have imported this, this type of uh, domesticated dove. Um, or maybe also, maybe it comes from the, from the island of Rhodes, Hardisaot. Okay, either way, that's another type of animal that's, um, that's uh, relatively domesticated. And yet you need a trap, but that's permitted. So, I mean, at least it's not chayav. It's not considered, it's, it's not considered trapping, even though you need a tool. So how do we reconcile this? These, the geese and the chickens, even though they run around in the yard during the day, they all come back to the coop at night. So since they all come back, they're easy to trap. So then that means even though you have, you know, you're going to run after and say, bring the trap, but they're already, they're so domesticated because they come back home every night. Whereas the other things mentioned in the Mishnah, those animals and things, they do not come back to their, their uh, uh, coop or wherever they live at night, they could stay out if you don't bring them in. So therefore, they are less domesticated. So there is, in fact, a difference between them. Okay, so therefore, our definition in the Mishnah stands. Wait, what about doves, uh, the dove coats and doves in the loft? Um, they come to their to the coops at night, and yet if you if someone goes ahead and traps these kinds of doves um, or doves in pitchers, it seems that they would take uh, pitchers, maybe old pitchers that were cracked, and they would put them out so that the doves would make nests in them, and then the eggs would fall down, and they would take them. And so all these things are chayav, even though it comes back to the coop. Nevertheless, you're not allowed to do an act to trap them. So this is a challenge on this on the response we just said. Regarding the, the geese and chickens, not only do they come back at night, they also depend on humans for food. They're totally domesticated. So those are, you know, they're just they're yours. So you can go ahead and say, okay, bring that. I trap and let's get them. Whereas the doves in the dovecote, they do come back to their coop at night, 
but they get their own, they forage for their own food. So they're less domesticated, less dependent on human beings. And therefore, uh, we, uh, those, those you cannot go ahead and trap. And so that would explain that distinction. And last opinion, Rab Mari Amad, Hane Avidi Lirbuye, Hani La Abdi Avidi Lirbuye. There's a diff- another dis- distinction between them, which is the doves, they, if you try to go near them, they, they, they flee. Um, so that's, that's, that's why they require trapping. So you're not allowed to trap them on Shabbat, the Yom Tov. While the geese and chickens, they do not flee. You walk up to them and they stay there. Now, is that true? Ever walk up to, to, to geese or chickens? They do run away, but it's still different. Yeah, they flee to their coop, right? They all flee to their coop, but then the chickens, they'll just uh, stay there. And so they're still easy to get. Whereas the doves, they will, they go to their coop and then they, if they still think that you're running after them, they will uh, flee the coop also and totally run away. So there's different levels of domestication and uh, each level would, um, if it's very domesticated, then it's considered already trapped. If it's not so domesticated, then you have to do more work to trap them. So then that would be not allowed on, on the holiday. Okay, question? No. no, I just I, I'm wondering about the fish, though, like if it's a small enough pond where you do have to feed them, I guess then it would be different. Right. The fish, the fish didn't come up in the discussion. It seems everyone agrees that the fish is a problem to uh, to to catch. Um, it's too too hard to do it. You're always going to need something uh, in order to catch a fish. You can't really just grab it with your hand. Um, but maybe if it's very small, like, you know, in a little bag, then it'd be OK. Um, OK. Mishnah. So here's the case where um, you set a trap, um, uh, you know, in, in the water, on land, wherever, for the birds. You set a trap from the day before. And then the question is, did the trap catch the animal before Yom Tov? In that case, it would be allowed. But if it tra- trapped it on Yom Tov, then it would not be allowed. So if you made them, if you made the trap from before Yom Tov, you cannot take from it on Yom Tov unless you know for sure that it was in fact trapped uh, beforehand, right? So a lot of times people will set a trap uh, the day before, but then they'll come back later to come back the next day to see if it was actually trapped. So what you have to do is you have to set a trap, go and check before Yom Tov starts and say, oh, look, yeah, my trap worked, right? It caught something. And then you can leave it in the trap and then come back the next day and take it out. In that case, yes, you can slaughter it and eat it. Now we have a story. One time a Nanju came and brought to the Gamliel some fish. Now if the Nanju is bringing them, probably they're fresh fish, right? They didn't have refrigerators. So he likely caught them that day. And Rabban Gamliel said, listen, it's permitted. I just, I decided to reject them because I don't like that guy, All right? So that's why I didn't want to take a present for him, from him. But don't think it's not allowed. If I liked him, I would have accepted it. So this is strange because the story seems to contradict the law. We just said a law that says you have to make sure it was caught before Yom Tov started. And now this non-Jew, he went and caught it for you and gave it to you. So really, if he's doing it for you, you're not allowed to use it. And Rabban Gamaliel says it would have been permitted. 
So that's our opening question. Do you bring a story to contradict the law that you just said? What's going on here? Um, sometimes in Mishnah, you do have such a thing. You have a story, you have a law, and then the story that contradicts because it wants to give a nuance or an exception or something. But what's going on here? Oh, you're missing words in the Mishnah. You have to interpret it as if it says the following. If you put a trap there, do not take from it unless you know for sure that it trapped it beforehand. Now, most cases, you're not going to know for sure either way. So what if you have a safek? You could be, it could be a trapped before, could be a trapped today. So safek muhan. So if you're not sure, it's prohibited. That's Tanakama. The Mangamliel says, if you're not sure, it's okay. And then it brings the story. So he accepted them because he wasn't sure. I don't know when the Goy caught it. Maybe the Goy himself doesn't know. He put a trap there from before. And so, I mean, to see fish traps, they, they you can leave it over time. You put, we have a picture here. Um, right, this is a, you may, you'd make some kind of a dam or something. And then here's what the, the trap looks like. It's like a, a netting or a sieve, and then the water would rush through. Any, any, um, any sea creatures would get caught in here. And so, but they would live because there's still water in there. So they, you can leave them there for a day or two. And then you come the next day and you take this whole basket and you bring it to shore and whatever is in there. So you never, you never know exactly when it went into this. Um, so therefore, uh, we don't know when the non-Jew caught them. And the Mangamliel said, if in case of doubt, it's okay. Tanakama said, in case of doubt, it's not allowed. Okay, good. So now we understand the two opinions in the Mishnah. Who are we going to follow? We do not follow the leniency of the Mangamliel. If you're not sure, then you cannot eat it. Um, there's a, a second, some people say that this statement of Shemuel was not said on the Mishnah, but rather on a Braita. It comes to the same law. Uh, the Braita says, if, uh, in the case of doubt, whether it was prepared, it's not allowed. Uh, Rabban Gamaliel says it's permitted. Yoshua says it's not permitted. And you and says it's not permitted. So the wording is different. But the bottom line halacha is the same, that we're machmir in this case. And there are others who apply this ruling to yet a different b'raita altogether. This one's a little bit, little bit longer, but it's going to come to the same conclusion. Cases of doubt, when you don't know when it was caught, you have to be stringent. And here's the longer b'raita. Shochatin min ha-negarin be-yom tov, avalo min ha-reshatot min ha-michmorot. So an animal that's in a pen, a pen that has pools and has pools so that they could drink from it. So if, if you take from, from one of these, um, it's okay. These are smaller. But if, you, if something is caught in the net or a trap and you don't know when it actually got caught. See, in the first case, it's already in this, in this enclosure. I know it's trapped. But something else that it was it found in a net or trap, and I don't know when it was got there. So Rabbi Shimon ben ben Elazar Omer, If you check before Yom Tov and you saw that the the, the netting is all out of place, so that means that that something got caught in it, right? And it's trying it's fighting its way out, and that's why it's all out of place. So then you know it was caught before Yom Tov, and you can take it. On Yom Tov and eat it. 
However, if you came and saw that it was only messed up on Yom Tov, then you know that it was caught on Yom Tov and then you cannot take it. Okay, so that's the Braita. We analyze this Braita and we say, the two cases seem to contradict one another. Because neither of them talk about a case of doubt. Either, either you're sure it was before, or you're sure it was this and uh, after. So the first case you said you came before Yom Tov and you saw that it was that the trap was moved, so you know that it was it caught something. That's because for sure you know. But if you're not sure when it was caught, then you'd be stringent. But the look at the Sefa. The Sefa says, if you came on Yom Tov and you see this messed up on Yom Tov, then you know for sure it's no good because it was caught on Yom Tov. Therefore, if you're not sure, that would suggest that it's permitted. So, well, which one is it? What do we do with the case of doubt? So here's what the Brayta really meant to say. So we read the first case as is. If you came before Yom Tov and saw it messed up, you know that it was caught before Yom Tov. Therefore, any case of doubt will be as if you saw it only on, on Yom Tov and you have to be stringent. So we take the case of doubt and push it to the, to the Sefa. And so therefore we see that this is uh, this baraita, which is said by um, Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azar, is stringent. And here's the statement of Shemuel, Yes, halacha is like this baraita, and so therefore you have to be stringent. Okay, so Rav Yudama Shemuel, we don't know what exact words he said, but for sure he said to be stringent. And the question is, what did he say? What source did he say it on? But all three cases agree. Uh, all three statements would agree. Okay, here's another picture of a sea turtle uh, stuck in a fishnet. You see how enmeshed it gets in there, right? Its head is stuck in there and it's uh, um, it's uh, flippers, whatever these are called, um, are really stuck in there. So you see you get, even though it's a net only on one side, it can never get, it can never escape. It can never get back out from back out the other way. All right, poor sea turtle. Okay, next. So in the case of Rangam Liel, the Nanju came and he said, it's permitted. I don't like this guy, so I'm not going to accept them. But from a lucky point of view, I would be permitted to take the food, the fish from this Nanju. Now, it says, what do you mean, mutarin? Permitted for what? So Rav says, you're, you're permitted to, to take them, meaning they're not mukseh. All right, you might say you just, you know, they're newly created. You didn't have them in mind. They weren't trapped before. So therefore the mukseh, maybe you can't even touch them. You can't even move them or you can't even take it. So Rav says, you're allowed to take it. You just can't eat it, but you still can't eat it. Levi says, you're allowed to eat it. For, so for sure, it's not mukseh. You're allowed to take it. All right, so that's the machlok between them. Now we're going to try to, they're going to argue that with, uh, argue which one is right. Amar Rav, Rav is going to have a very sharp statement against Levi says, The person should not uh, prevent himself from attending the Bet Midrash even for an hour, not even for a minute, because you never know what you're going to miss. Both Rav and me and Levi, we were both in, the, in attendance. 
when uh, Rabbi taught this very law. So we were there together. We were sitting in the same classroom and they came out with different conclusions. How come? Because at night when he taught this, he said, oh, you know what this means? You can eat them. If the non-Jew gave it to you, so you're not sure which one it is, if he caught, the, caught it the day before or today, you can take it and you can eat it. That's what he said at night. In the morning, though, he changed his mind. He thought it over at night. He says, no, you can't eat it. You can only accept it, and it's not mukseh, but not eat it. I was in the Midrash at night and in the morning, right? So I'm, I'm uh, consistent. So I realized that's why I changed, the, I changed my mind, because Rabbi changed his mind, and I know that. Levi was only there at night. He only heard this, that you're allowed to eat it. He never heard Rabbi's clarification the next day. So that's pretty strong uh, proof against him. And so that's Sadav's opinion. All right, now we have a challenge to this. This Braita says that if a Nanju brings a gift, um, even if they're moist fish, they're fresh, right? You see that they're, they look fresh. You can tell that they caught the that day. Or if he brings uh, fruit that was plucked that very day, then mutarin, uh, it's permitted. Now, well, how could it be permitted for what? If you say permitted mean to take it, we can understand. That's, you do not doing much. And this is like, you know, for sure it's done that day. But according to the one who says you're allowed to eat them, does anybody think that fruit that and vegetables that are plucked that very day would be permitted? Right? No one thinks that to, to eat. No one thinks that. So see, this is good by comparing the fish to the fruit and the, the, the law about the fruit. We know what, what it is. Um, so nobody would think that happens to be just yesterday. I invited uh, my neighbor to my sukkah and uh, she came and she has a vegetable garden. She says, oh, I have fresh peppers. I was thinking to pluck one and bring it. But then I thought maybe it's not allowed on the holiday. Is that right? I said, yes, that's correct. You're not allowed to pluck it on the holiday, right? I'd be happy to, to try out the peppers tomorrow. So, um, so therefore, it doesn't make sense to say that they're permitted to be eaten. So this is a sec- another question on Levi who said, who says that you can even eat them. How could you eat them if it's caught that, if it's plucked that day? So question on that. Okay, but then you have a problem with Rav also because uh, fruit that's plucked that day is also mukseh. Right? You didn't have it in mind. You can't use it for anything. So it would also be muksa. So why would it be permitted for anything? And rather, I must be talking about a case not where the, the fish was actually um, caught that day and fruit that was plucked that day, but rather it just looks like it. The fish, uh, the gills are still red. Maybe they're just naturally red. So that's why it looks like that. Or you have fruit that's preserved in greens. And so it looks nice and fresh. They're only called plucked that day because it's they're so fresh. It was like they were caught and plucked on that very day, but really they weren't. And that would answer that the questions both on Rav and the original question on Levi.
All right. Now that's good. Amara Papa Hilcheta Goy Shevidulan Sibyom Tob Imesh me otwa min bim khubad asur. So now the final halakhalma said this is very nice. All the sugyot today ended on a halakhalma section. So if a Nanju does give a pre- bring a present on the holiday. If there is, if, if in the area, there, if you have the same species that's attached to, to trees and vines, asur, then it's prohibited because you have to worry, maybe he went and plucked it on that very day. If the harvest was completed and no, there, nobody has any apples left on their trees, then you know that he didn't pluck it on that day, it will be okay. And let's say you want to have it you can have it only, you have to wait the amount of time it would take to pluck it or to catch that because you're not allowed to benefit from an activity um, that someone did for you even after Shabbat or after Yom Tov, immediately you have to wait to the time it would take that you he could then go and do it afterwards. And if there is nothing else, there's nothing in the, in, the, in the field that is still attached, so then you know for sure it's not attached, you still have another worry. Maybe the Nanju brought it from another city and violated Techum Shabbat. I mean, obviously the Nanju can violate for himself, but he can't do it for you. So therefore, if you know he brought it from within the city limits, then it's permitted. Outside the city limits, then it's prohibited. Nevertheless, here is a, a leniency. If he brought it for for one one this, this one Jew, um, so that Jew cannot partake from it because he did it for him. But his friend can partake from it even on Yom Tov because the non-Jew didn't do that work for that 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 Jew. He did it for not for another one, so that he can get, still give it to a friend, give it to someone else who can benefit from the fact that it was brought in from outside the city limits. And so now we um, appreciate all these halachot of the preparations on Yom Tov, specifically regarding trapping and also plucking fruit and acquiring food in a way that you could have acquired it before, and especially when you're not sure if it was done on Yom Tov or before Yom Tov. Amen, amen.